Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the sports staff of the Holland Sentinel, this is From the Press Box. With your hosts, Brian Vernellis, Dan Diadonna, and Chris Zatarazny. Welcome back to From the Press Box, the Holland Sentinel Sports po- Weekly Podcast. I'm sports editor Dan Diadonna, along with my assistant, Chris Zatarazny. Sounds more like a magician kind of thing, like my lovely <laughs> assistant. Um, we've got a lot to talk about this week. Um, lots of football things going on, playoffs on the line, big matchups in college football, the Lions, you name it. Uh, won't be talking about the Cubs, although they lost the division. Um, we'll have to just wait and see how they do in the wild card. Uh, the Tigers are done. Shocker. Uh, nowhere near the playoffs. But somehow in third place, even though one of the Associated Press writers called them the lowly Tigers in uh, one of the stories when they were playing the Brewers. called the lowly which, AL Central. Which I uh, thought was kind of funny. Uh, they Considering both things, they are lowly, and but they are... They were in third place. Yeah. So, Tell you how bad their division uh, is, though. It's a bad division for sure. So, um, yeah. So we'll start. Uh, we're going to start with one of the most exciting, probably the most exciting Division Three college football game I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, Trine at Hope on Saturday. Uh, Trine came in ranked number fifteen, and Hope came in nowhere near a ranking, and they went toe to toe, and just a couple. Late touchdowns on late mistakes gave trying the 35-25 victory. Uh, Hope was leading a good chunk of this game. Uh, Chris, you've seen an awful lot of Hope football the last few years. Uh, what, what, is, what is your take on their performance against trying? It was a 35-25 loss, but they were in the driver's seat for a good chunk of the game. And uh, after losing to them 50-14 to last year, uh, it was a little bit of a difference. I was thoroughly impressed uh, at the performance I hope had on Saturday, especially through the first three quarters. The fourth quarter was not, obviously not good because that's where they lost the game. Um, they were up 22-21 going to the fourth quarter, and Lamar Carswell, um, running back for a trying senior, he's one of the best running backs probably in Division Three. I would venture to say. Had two really big touchdowns um, that kind of put the game away, but there was also some mistakes that Hope made that could have put them in the driver's seat through the fourth quarter as well to win that game. So it was a combination of kind of both, um, but Hope was very impressive. The fact that they're able to hold Trine, one of the best teams in the country, to 21 points through three quarters uh, is is really, really good, and that speaks to the defensive prowess on the front line, led by Hamilton's Tate Knapp. Uh, had a pretty good game on, on Saturday, and uh, you saw a, number, a couple of sacks, actually, he had. First play of the game was um, one of them. Yeah. And you could tell that they were energized and it was different. Yeah, it was – it was fantastic defensive scheme wise from um, Michael Rick as the defensive coordinator and, and the linebackers. Um, they just knew what they were doing. They had to, you know, make those tackles and they did. And there was some times where they didn't, but for the majority of the game, they did what they needed to do. Offensively, it was still kind of a bit of a struggle for Hope, um, although they were up by one going in the fourth quarter. There were times where they, where Mason Opel missed a couple of uh, wide open targets downfield. Couple drops um, too. Couple drops, yeah. Two in the end zone. Yeah, um, there were there were two penalties that 
were called back on Hope's touchdowns, which may have cost them uh, the game. Probably did cost them a little bit, but um, you know, penalties are penalties. You can't you can't take them. I think three. I think they so between the two drops in the end zone and the two penalties that negated touchdowns. I only think they scored one touchdown out of those. So that's three field goals that happened. They yeah. could have been touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of points. I mean, that's 12 points right there, and yeah. you lose by 10. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much the game if they still allow those late touchdowns Carswell. I mean, that game is totally different if those happen. But it's hard to take moral victories out of a, a loss like that just because I know Peter Sturzma told me that. But there's got to be somewhat of a moral victory here, being that they had lost 50-14 to 14 last year and then come back and lose only by 10 points this year on their home field. Um they got to be positive a little bit about that going forward into the rest of the MIAA season. They can only control what they can control. It's pretty obvious that they probably won't make the playoffs since trying and hope are the two best teams in the MIAA. They so. might have a chance if they didn't lose to Milliken. Right. If Trine was their only loss and they were ranked, that would be the only chance they have. Yeah, so it's it's probably out of the question, but you still got to play the season. and you, you never know. You just never know what's going to happen, but they can look to the rest of the games this season and kind of figure out what what was working what wasn't and i don't know fix it in a way but to keep things close with trying um it was a it was a great game for them they just didn't come out on the winning side yeah hopefully this is this game specifically was the start of kind of a new era of the miaa if they can have two i mean first of all kalamazoo is four and oh for the first time in what a quarter century Albion's four and zero right now, and that hopes got them next, and that's their rival in football since Calvin doesn't have football. Uh, but I think Trine might be their new rival. I think that's taken over, and I think that if if um, for all of you, those of you who read my column, <laughs> you know that uh, we're talking uh, that I talked to uh, Sturzum about you know his goals of taking over Hope and bring him to this level. His goal was basically to be where Trine is now. They're very close. If both teams can get there, then that can not only just put Hope in a, uh, a prominent picture or try and one of them where, you know, one of them is probably going to win the league and get the automatic bid, but they could, it could bring the whole MIAA up. They've been, you know, there's Trine's the only team that's won any playoff games, and we get an automatic we. I don't, know, I don't write for the MIAA. Sorry. The MIAA gets an automatic bid every year, so there's at least one MIAA team in every year. Uh, Trine has had three playoff wins in the last couple of years. And before that, no one has won a single playoff game since Albion won the national championship in 94. That's a long time for nothing. And that's why you never get more than one team in because the division or the league is just so much weaker nationally. But if you can get two teams to, you know, up, up the ante as far as become more of a national factor at the same time it's going to bring the whole league around too and that the league is going to be looked at differently so this could be uh in the very infant stages of but still something very big for the miaa a game like this yeah and you know i'm not trying to look ahead to next year already because it just ended three days ago but they lose lamar carswell on trying you know they have some some powerful senior players that they lose hope also loses senior quarterback mason apple and a couple of other star players that they had this year, especially on the line, that game next year really is going to be different um, to see who steps up in those those roles that were key this game. So obviously you don't know what's going to happen next year, but this is going to really tell you what team is better at, ne- at this point next year because 
they're going to need to fill those those very important roles. Yeah, for sure. And it'll be at Trine, and no one ever plays well down there. No. So that would be very interesting. But this could be the start of something good. And it was it was exciting to see a great game. Uh, there's not too many great games between great teams. I've seen Hope play a lot of close games like that when they were slightly above average playing other slightly above average teams or when they're bad and playing bad teams or average or whatever. But two really good teams playing even throughout an entire exciting college football game. It's been a while since that has happened at uh, Rand Sioux Smith Stadium. So that was very encouraging to see. Um, the other local college game, Grand Valley State, uh, went up to Northwood and just you know took care of business like they do. Uh, they're ranked number two in the country, I believe, and playing like it, undefeated. Uh, Bart Williams set another record. Uh, he set the career-passing touchdowns record last week. He set the um, career-passing yardage record this past week now. So back-to-back record weeks for him. He only he only had five touchdown passes this week, Chris. Oh, that's um, not, so you know. <laughs> the Grand Valley's looking really, really good, and uh, they're they're uh, they're going to looking like a team that can make another big playoff run. Uh, so we will keep you posted on that. That's going to be exciting to see how they do. Right now, it's kind of been the Bart Williams show the last couple of um, the last few weeks. He's been the one. Uh, you know, leading the charge, and he's looking like somebody that could uh, at least be a finalist for the Harlan Hill Trophy, which is like the Division Two Heisman. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he can keep that up, and if he can, boy, it's gonna be very tough to stop Grand Valley. It'll State. be very dangerous come playoff time. And they always are. Yeah, no, they are already. I mean, yeah. they are dangerous now. But somebody who has complete control of the game calling the shots is that that's another level i mean we get grand valley is a play national playoff caliber team just about every year but every couple years we get a mature team with you know that ability to go all the way and they're showing that they have that ability now there's a long way to go still but um exciting things happening on the college football fields around here all right so moving over to before we get to the high school stuff we've got other football fields to visit um michigan down 17 nothing at half uh comes back to beat northwestern at northwestern um michigan state leading uh had a 31 to 3 lead at one point to central ended up winning 31 20 uh both teams had things that they looked good in and things that they just looked okay in. I'm, i mean like we talked about this last week but michigan michigan state both they just kind of look okay yep. and it's really strange um that that could continue this long usually when a team doesn't look good they look bad they don't look bad they look okay yeah. it's a weird vibe to have for it's, both teams it's average both teams i mean central's not great they started the year 0 and 4 and michigan state just kind of you know they be, did enough to beat them that's kind of what they do you talked about that last week that they they seem to just do enough, just enough. to win but they also do enough to win against michigan and some of the bigger teams it's not like that's only against when they're playing mac teams or whatever it's just kind of the way they operate michigan looks great or not and it just kind of depends you saw that both actually last week yeah they looked terrible and looked great right and their defense kept them in it because you know those early scores and then the defense kind of shut the door the rest of the way and it was uh it was just it was just a weird week to see. Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised that they didn't play well at Northwestern. Michigan actually tends to never play well 
at Northwestern. Plays very well, at Northwestern. Uh, they're a hard, they're a hard home stadium to play in. Yeah, it's just different. Uh, but they're lucky to win that game. Yeah, yeah. They they had a solid second half, and it it was really the run game of Karan Higdon. I mean, he had thir- thirty carries for one hundred fifteen yards, but thirty carries in a game. It's a lot. You were relying on Higdon to kind of win that game for you, and he scored the game-winning touchdown late in the fourth quarter. But that's, I mean, he had an incredible game, and, and it shows he can kind of put the team on his back when Michigan needed him to, right. while Northwestern really couldn't find an answer to stop him, although 3.8 average uh, yards per carry isn't, isn't uh, terrible. terrible. It isn't great either, but they still you just give him, give him the ball, and he just kept running. Right, and it'll be interesting to see if they can keep this up in the Michigan offense because – it seems to me, especially the last few years, that the Michigan defense is very capable of keeping this kind of thing up. Um, they keep the team in games they have for years now. I mean, historically, too. But, I mean, in the Harbaugh years, the defense has been fantastic. Um, so they're going to have to figure out a way to score points because when you start playing Michigan State and Penn State and then eventually Ohio State and teams like this, you you can't just rely on higdon's running because those other teams will find a way to stop it so they're gonna have to be able to find some balance otherwise it could be a very interesting year now uh just reading on espn they still have michigan as like the ninth possible team to win or to make the college football playoff i don't Um, don't understand that whatsoever but they made a good point they said that yes it's more of a long shot but they have to play michigan state ohio state and penn state and you win those games yeah and you, you win the Big Ten. I mean, like, but you got to do it. That's yeah. why they, their their percent is like nine yeah. <laughs> percent. I would put it a lot lower than that. But, after, but Notre Dame is right in the thick of it, right? And they barely beat Michigan. So it's just we, possible. It's just weird. It's just weird. College football, man. You just there's too many weird. Yeah, anything's possible things. in college football. There's always upsets. There's always crazy games. Uh, you know, look at last week's game, Ohio State and Penn State, where Penn State was up by like almost two scores, and Ohio State came back to win by one point. Right. On probably one of the worst fourth and five plays you've ever seen in college football. Right. A drop a drop play. Right. With your best player. It, it made no sense. But regardless, Michigan just still doesn't look as good as they should or as good as they want to be. Right. And they gotta play all these games and, right. and Mich- Maryland this week. And Michigan State wasn't listed in there, but they're in the same position Michigan is. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean if they well. if they win all those the same games, then they're you know, then they're Looking like they will win the division of the Big Ten. Yeah, they you just, know, I mean, it's just they just need to have better fourth quarters. Yeah, so. we'll just we'll seventeen see what points happens. against but CMU, yeah. Maryland. This yeah. is going to Maryland against Michigan. That's going to be crazy because Maryland is way better than they've been. Yeah, they're three and one right now, and yeah, they beat Texas for the second year in a row. They're averaging three, almost four hundred yards, basically four hundred yards per game. Michigan is also averaging four hundred yards per game. Yeah. So it's two offenses that are really, really, really good. Right, and. Uh, with a 12 o'clock kickoff at Michigan, it gives the advantage to Michigan, but this is going to be a really tough test for the Wolverines. For sure. I would not be surprised to see an upset here. No. You never know. I mean, stranger things have happened. Yeah. All right. So speaking of stranger things have happened, the Detroit Lions, they're stranger things. Uh, well, they're always stranger things. They completely dominate the Patriots and then go into Dallas and lose close, real close. Yep. Yep. It's hard to think, know what to make of it because they almost played good enough to win, which would have been a huge road game. Oh, yeah, but especially they, at Dallas. But a lot of times, coming off a big win like that, they'll flop. They didn't flop. So I'm really, I'm really struggling what to make of this. Like the Lions, like In the big picture of how the Lions are going to do, 
This game losing by was it two? Two points, yeah. To Dallas at Dallas, it honestly doesn't really tell me anything. You know? Because most teams that are come in at a, even an even level with Dallas will lose by a small amount at Dallas. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what to make. They didn't play bad. They didn't play great. Um, it doesn't really – but that that's the problem, I think, with the Lions. You go so many weeks where you don't know what to think about it, and then all of a sudden you're halfway through the season, and it doesn't matter. They're 4-4. Four and four, yeah. You know, It doesn't matter what you think of them. They're going to end up 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah. I, I think the Lions beat themselves in this game, to be honest with you. they Two things beat them. Injuries – and their offense you gave the lions after doing really well last week uh against the patriots carry on johnson had a ridiculous 100 yards rushing remember that 100 yards first time in five years right he had nine carries last week for 55 yards why are you giving the guy who just had your first 100 yard game in five years nine carries yeah. makes no sense at all Touch, first career touchdown especially when things weren't working like it's not like everything else was gold right Yep. Or Golden Tate. He looked great. He I mean, looked the pass game looked great, but you have to be able to have a multidimensional offense, especially at Dallas. And they did not have a run game whatsoever, which which kind of I mean, it, it confuses me so much. Yeah. It makes no sense at all. And then injuries beat them. They lost TJ Lang to another head injury. Um he he could have a concussion. Um losing an experienced offensive lineman like that is not gonna help you out at all. So injuries but the run game for me, I think that was that was the killer. They they should have had a run game and they didn't. And that's you know look at Ezekiel Elliott, twenty five carries, one fifty two on yards, no touchdowns, but still he's gashing that defense to allow uh, that offense, uh, Dallas's offense, to get down the field and score some touchdowns and get that game winning field goal. He was the reason why they won that game late. Yeah, he had two big a big catch, I think a big run. That was that was it. So I don't know. It's the Lions are always questionable. I'm not surprised they question themselves and didn't have a run game i'm not i'm not surprised no. at all it's just and i'm not surprised lines. they're leaving us just slightly scratching our heads for a couple different reasons because yep. that seems to be the case every week even when they win yep yep so so we'll see what they can do this week i mean yeah how are they going to make <laughs> us scratch our heads this week It'll well be interesting it's the lines i always tend to do that it's just a matter of how is it going to happen i mean are they going to have a run game again this time or are they going to go pass it's just you know right i don't right. know and before we get to high school, I wanted to mention the Vikings game. I mean, I don't know that was last Thursday, uh, but it was an interesting game, too. Kirk Cousins had, our Holland native quarterback, had 400 yards passing again, and they lost again. Um, the good defense from last year is not there for Minnesota. Yeah, it's just, it's been, they've been inconsistent. I mean, they're, they're still a good team. Um, oh, absolutely. It was just a very... Offense is great. Very, I mean, of course, they were playing the first place Rams, too, so it's not like they were just playing anybody, but... Um, it was that could have been a playoff. A that could have been a playoff NFC Championship setup game. Really. Yeah, and it was interesting to see. But uh, I think that he Cousins played better than he did the week before. Uh, fewer turnovers and everything, and passing the ball well. But they, you know, they're going to need these wins. They're going to uh, if they want to win the division, they're going to need to pull out a couple of these kind of wins. Well, they got a pretty tough contest this week uh, at the Eagles. Uh, on Sunday, so yeah. that's no tough task. I mean, no, no easy task. I should say, very tough. Um, that defense has got to come up big for him. And Detroit, meanwhile, uh, plays Green Bay, so it's always a difficult. It's always a tough matchup. Yeah, they don't really. So, usually, they don't really do well against Green Bay. I would expect a, a Lions loss and and a really good game between the Vikings and the Eagles. All right, 
All right. What everybody's been waiting for. Thanks for listening this long to get to your to our high school playoff picks. We've or not playoff picks. Who to pick to who makes? The We're playoffs. almost to playoffs. We're getting to that point now. I keep saying that. We're getting to that well, point. It's it's got, pretty much almost inevitable. Can you believe for a it's few week teams seven, point. Chris? It's flown by. Week I don't, seven. I don't understand. We just hit October. <laughs> yeah, it makes it's weird. Week it's seven. Really weird. All right, so we've got. I'm going to run through the list of games, then we'll break them down a little bit here. Um, starting with the the big schools and the OK Red. Here we've got West Ottawa at Granville, and then we got East Kentwood at Holland, Zeeland West at Holland Christian, Unity Christian at Hamilton, Byron Center at Zeeland East, Galesburg Augusta at Saugatuck, and Fenville at Lawton. So, um, yeah, let's start with uh, West Ottawa at Granville. I mean, this is a huge, huge matchup. I mean, we knew ahead of – I mean, going into the year, we would have all picked this to be what decides the OK Red yep. with a little bit of Rockford factor in it because West Ottawa was playing at Rockford. Um, this, But East Kent would kind of stole the show. <laughs> it's yep. stolen the show. Um, but it's still going to be a really, really great game. Uh, two two really good teams, two playoff, you know, teams that should be playoff teams. Uh, West Ottawa at Granville. Uh, who you got, Chris? You know, this is this is very difficult. You look at if you look at it on paper, you take West Ottawa in this game, no problem, because Granville is two and four. But then you look at Granville's opponents. Their last two weeks, they lost to Hudsonville sixteen thirteen, and then lost to East Kentwood thirty seven to thirty. Two very good OK Red teams. Hudsonville's 5-1, if you mm-hmm. didn't know that. Really good team. Uh, I'll be at this game. I, I'm looking forward to kind of an offensive shootout, I think. Uh, last year, this was a tough matchup for West Ottawa in the playoffs. They won handily 34-18 last year in Week 9, just cruised right through the regular season. But then they barely beat Granville 39-29 in the first round of the playoffs. So which game are we going to get is my question. I don't know if it's going to be the blowout game or it's going to be the close game. I think it'll be the close game. I think West Ottawa edges out Granville in a close one. All right. Not so fast, my friend. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, it's hard It's hard because if uh, things went differently, a little bit differently with that home game against East Kentwood, I might have might agree with you. And it's very hard for me to pick against them on the road after I picked against them at Rockford and they won for the first time in decades. Plural. Decades. It's yes. always a big deal. Um, but granville playing at granville is very difficult and west ottawa has um has struggled i mean they struggled very very much against east kentwood it was uh just a a stunning a stunning uh performance i don't think that they're going to have another performance like that and if they played east kentwood again they wouldn't have a performance quite like that Uh, but going on the road in the okay red you know, with a team that is, you know, returns a good chunk from last year's playoff team. Uh, I got to go, I mean, close game, but I go with the home, I'm going to go with the home team on this one. It's just a little bit tougher to go on the road. And who knows, last time I said this to West Ottawa, they shocked the world and made me say, whoa, maybe they'll keep doing that. Uh, but I, I think I think Granville wins this game and keeps West Ottawa from the playoffs one more week. All right. Now let's go. Let's move on. East Kentwood at Holland. Boy, we can take uh, just about ten seconds to talk about this game. I mean, Donovan Webb is hurt for injured for the Holland team. Their star running back is done, and uh, East Kentwood 
uh, slaughtered West Ottawa, and West Ottawa on paper is clearly better than Holland. So I'm thinking it's going to be another pretty easy one for East Kentwood. Yeah, it's pretty cut and dry here. East Kentwood is ridiculously good. Holland uh, obviously has some issues, and with Donald Webb out the rest of the year, unfortunately, his senior year comes to uh, a disappointing end with with an injury. Um, Holland obviously does not stack up to East Kentwood in any way what, or you know any form whatsoever. Uh, it's East Kentwood's game, and, and Holland's going to just try and get through the rest of the year with maybe one or two wins if they can get it. But, yeah, East Kentwood. All right. And then we got the big double local matchup, Zeeland West at Holland Christian. This one's going to be really interesting. We've got Zeeland West with their wing tee power, uh, one win away from the playoffs, and Holland Christian's unbelievable passing game, two games away from making the playoffs, two wins away from making the playoffs. Um, it'll be kind of along the lines of defensively who's going to get it done, um, who's going to be able to make the stops. It was kind of like when Holland Christian played Zeeland East, although you kind of figured Zeeland East would make the defensive stops because they've got some all-state defensive players back there. Um, this is going to be – this could be a little more interesting, especially if they can stop the wing tee. But as we know, Holland Christian has struggled defensively to stop the run um, in games this year and last year. Um so it'll be it'll be really interesting. Who do who do you like in this one? Well, I like Zealand West because they are they always get better as the season goes on. And they've always been really good with wing T. They are they are one of the best teams to probably run the wing T in the state I would venture to say. Holland Christian though, they have a dynamic offense passing wise with Wilson Wirebaugh, as we've said all season long, is really good quarterback and then you have Brady Howe and Will Van Weeren as your wide receivers. The run game and last week, and yeah. there's a bunch of them now. Now, and the run game last week looked okay against Hamilton. Now, Hamilton did have uh, they were without their best player, um, Riley Tolzma, who, just as a side note, was ejected after a uh, being called for targeting, which, in my opinion, I thought was probably the wrong call. It was a physical football hit, um, but it wasn't. I don't think it was intentional. Um, so. Hamilton played without their best player on defense and probably one of their best players on offense, which is, I think, one of the reasons why Hamilton lost. But I mean, you can't take anything away from Holland Christian and their offense was really good uh, last week. But getting back to this game, I think Zealand West just kind of they're they're just too good at the wing tee, and the lack of depth on defense for Holland Christian is going to be their downfall. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that Zealand, that'll be the difference is Zealand West's defense will be able to make a couple more stops than Holland Christian's does. And uh, they will struggle with Holland Christian's pass, and Holland Christian will struggle with Zealand West's run. Um, but it'll just come down to those defensive stops. And I think Zealand West, um, yeah, I think Zealand West handles, handles it and punches their ticket to the playoffs. Um, all right, then we got Unity Christian at Hamilton. Man, this game got interesting. It certainly did. I don't. <laughs> this is all. It's all hinges on whether or not Riley Tolsma plays this week for them. Because with in high school rules, if you're ejected for targeting, you're suspended another week, uh, which I did not know until I was told that uh, last week. But Unity Christian, they they're ranked. They're good. But Zealand West kind of handled them last week, thirty-eight fourteen. I mean, it was all Zealand West all the time. Hamilton, though, despite being two and four, they're a pretty good two and four. They were able to hang with Holland Christian at times last week. Not the entire game, but at times. Um, and they've got a, re- a great run game behind uh, Marcus McElwain and Tyler Stazowski. Ty Stazowski. <laughs> Stazowski. <laughs> um, 
I think Unity Christian wins this game, but I think it's closer than people are going to give it, you know, their thought to, I guess, in a way. Um, but Unity Christian wins this game, but it'll be closer than they think. Yeah, I agree. I think Unity Christian just has a little bit too much um, has too much experience, and the wing T is, you know, something they could get them. Now, on the flip side, this, I mean, Hamilton has, they're two and four. They could, if they go five and four, while beating Unity, they'll make the playoffs because yeah. they'll beat Unity and they'll have to beat Zealand East. Zealand East, no easy task. Right. But this is the kind of game that you have to win if you're on the fence of a playoff team, uh, and to be a playoff team. And they are, they're to me, they just they're they're they walk that complete line of whether or not they're a playoff team or not to yeah. me. And so. I still think it's uh you know they're the underdog in this one, so I'm going to pick Unity Christian. But it would not surprise me if they mustered up enough to win. Yeah, in their uh, as Chris Myers likes to say with their smash mouth football, uh, they could do it against the wing T. That might be the best chance they have. The might the best kind of offense for them to play against. Um, right, but you know, this could be more of a trap yeah. game for for Unity. I mean, this is definitely you've got two weeks left in the season before you have Zealand East. You know they're undefeated in the OK Green. They they probably aren't looking at that game in Week Nine yet, but they know it's there on the horizon, and they know that if they beat Zealand East, they could win the OK Green. Mm-hmm. And these next two games really are kind of a wash. Byron Center is way down this year, and Hamilton is down, but they're a good they're a good down. So you can't look too far ahead. So this could be a dangerous trap game for Unity Christian. I don't think they'll make any mistakes to to lose this game. But it's very possible. But this would—it's all set up for that kind of a scenario. It is set up. Though. Yep, it is here, and that happens. And it, it doesn't happen, happen every time, though. But it can is, happen. But it could happen. Yeah. Um, Byron Center at Zealand East. I think that we don't even need to talk too much about this one. Zealand East is clearly the favorite in this one. They're at home. Um, Byron Center has not played great. They have some good parts, um, and their defense plays pretty good. But they are going to have trouble scoring against Zealand East, and they're going to have a lot of trouble stopping both Fusco and Gabe Taylor. So I say Zealand East wins this one pretty handily. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Now, Byron Center is also two and four, like Hamilton, but based on the games that you would see on Hamilton's schedule compared to the Bulldogs' schedule, you can see exponentially a difference there between Hamilton and Byron Center. Um, so I'm taking Zealand East uh, yeah, in this game. You know, when that we go go back going back to when Hamilton played Byron Center and lost on that safety. Yes, that might that safety might cost them the playoffs because right. even even if they win this game, which they could, Hamilton, if they beat Unity Christian, I don't see them beating Zealand East. Right. So I see them at four and five. But if they won that game against Byron Center, they're a playoff team, yeah. and that's really tough. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on. We've got Galesburg Gust at Saugatuck. This one probably requires even fewer words than the Zealand East game. Saugatuck really good. Galesburg Augusta not so good. Uh, I think Sagatuck punches that ticket. Oh, and by the way, Zealand East, that will be a ticket puncher for them for the playoffs. Um, and Sagatuck, I think uh, they pretty easily went at home to punch their ticket. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try and keep this with less than 10 words. Sagatuck will make playoffs. <laughs> Galesburg, Augusta, shut out three times. I think that's less than 10. That was. All right. Wow. That's it. There's my pick. <laughs> Very clever. That uh, you'll have to give Chris a five-minute break after his head working on that kind of math. Woo. Um, so we're going to move on to Fenville at Lawton. Um, this will not be a pushover game by any means, but uh, Fenville has been playing very well, and uh, I say they went on the road and punched their their ticket as well. I don't see them stopping Jace Causey. 
No, uh, Fenville, obviously, their their offense is really good. Um, but going on the road is no easy task, especially when you know that sixth win will get you to the playoffs. This is something Fenville hasn't done since 2014 and only a number of years before that. Uh, it's not very often they will go to the playoffs. So this, playoffs. Is, a, this is a big game for Fenville, um, but it's not going to be an easy game. Lawton's 3-3. Three and three. Um, They're kind of an average team. Their defense isn't great, but their offense is, is pretty decent. Um but I don't see them. Yeah, Sanchez and, and Cossie, they're both really dynamic players on offense for Fenville, and they probably get the job done. So right. I think it's closer because it's a road game. I yeah. think if it was at Fenville, I don't necessarily think it would be that close. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how that actually really does happen in high school football. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, a, there's some factors there. It, it's there. So if you believe me, four of our eight teams will make the playoffs this week. If you believe Chris, five of the eight teams will make the playoffs this week with us both thinking that uh, with two weeks to go, Holland Christian wins at least one of those two games to become the sixth. Um, yeah. And me also thinking, picking against West Ottawa this week, also thinking that West Ottawa has enough to get it done now. Yeah. they got to play Hudsonville and uh, Grand Haven. Yep, Grand Haven should be, I think, uh, and nine. The, yeah, these are not easy games. Uh, so, you know, obviously West Ottawa would like to jump on Chris's bandwagon and win this one uh, yes. <laughs> right here. So Chris can get a little close to me in the picks. He's still two behind. I uh, did not give him a hard time last week because we both picked exactly the same and ended up the same. I was two ahead, and now I'm still a two ahead. So We'll see if this um, week if he'll be one. But I'm going to give him a little grief now because uh, time is winding down, sir. Uh, and and uh, it's, it's tough to play from behind with... Uh, games on the line and in rivalry weeks coming up too it's going to be interesting especially i think our i think our whole picks it's going to come down to the saugatuck fenville game i think that's exciting i think that's exciting we'll find out next week because we've got the bird bowl stealing east and neil west and then holland christian and holland are in week eight unlike last year they're week nine right i i I don't know i don't get it i'm glad they're all three not on the same week i wish all three of them were on different weeks so we could give them all better coverage um but uh yeah, and I'm just really that that first thing I thought of when I when I found out that Donovan Webb was hurt was oh man that game's not going to be as good as it should be that Holland right. Holland yeah. Christian game I agree uh, it still will probably be a really good game but there's just a little bit of a you lose a dynamic player like a little bit of air sucked out yeah. of that one uh, which is a bummer and that does you know it's football it's tackle football it happens uh, unfortunately to usually to you know at least one team in the area each week so. Um, that being said, no one's technically out of the playoffs yet. Right. If Holland pulled up the upset of the century and beat East Kentwood without Donovan Webb this week. My goodness. And won out, they're a playoff team. If uh, if Hamilton beats Unity Christian and wins out, they're a playoff team. There is a chance that we could have all – there's still a very slight chance that we could have all eight teams in the playoffs. It's very doubtful. I think that we're going to end up with – six yeah but that's still six is still really good i don't remember i remember one year maybe eight nine years ago we had five teams and it was a huge deal because we usually don't have five teams um but having six possibly the possible the strong possibility of six is uh is pretty exciting i mean everybody's good i mean holland and hamilton are the teams that don't have as much of a shot and they're good teams like this is i mean hamilton's probably that one of the maybe the best uh, what are they two and four? I would say Granville's the best two and four team yes. in West Michigan. But Hamilton is no is no slouch here. They should have won that Byron Center game. If they were in a different league, you know they'd be a playoff team for sure. Some of the other okay divisions. Um, same thing could be said for Holland, especially if they're healthy. I mean, this is this could be you know the kind of golden era 
or golden year for us in high school football as far as across the board. We've had teams win state championships and teams make it to Ford Field. Um, as Saugatuck did last year, Zealand West has won some, won some championships. Holland Christians won. Um, but as far as top to bottom, there's no doormat team. There's no, oh, we'll just have to wait till next year kind of a team. Right. There yeah. are eight good teams, and uh, that's really exciting. And Hope and Grand Valley are both good, too. Sometimes we have, you know, the focus is so much on the high school because Hope's had some down years or Grand Valley's had some down years or whatever. Hope, Grand Valley, all the high school teams are good. We'll see. Michigan and Michigan State. Central and Western aren't too bad themselves. Uh, some people like Notre Dame. They're pretty good down there. Um, and it just kind of hinges on what the Lions, the Lions yeah. do. Again, they just kind of they just kind of sways always the, the everything Lions. at the end there. But I mean, football around here has been has much improved this year, and it's been very exciting to cover. And hopefully, that's coming across in our coverage and our podcast and our picks. Um, so we'll uh, we'll see if there's uh, four or five teams make the playoffs this week for and uh, <laughs> very uh, I like that. <laughs> so uh, that's my challenge to you, West Ottawa Panthers. Uh, and you will ha- you will have to listen to 36 minutes of this podcast to accept that challenge. Um, but yeah, so go out and see some teams make the playoffs this week. Uh, we've got some exciting things going on uh, in other sports. We've got some rivalries happening this week. Uh, check out the Sentinel and the Sentinel online, uh, hollandsentinel.com, for all our coverage. You can follow each of us on Twitter at each of our names. It's that easy. And um, we have a hashtag sent preps for our high school coverage uh so follow along if you can't make it out to any games this week but uh should be pretty exciting uh build up to the end of the football season um yeah chris anything you want to add uh it's baseball playoff season so i'm excited for that i know you are as well love it uh it's gonna be a fun couple weeks we'll see uh we'll talk more about it probably next week just because the wild card games are tonight and the by the uh, time this comes out, we will the openers will start. Later we'll have week. already started, so yeah, we'll, so we'll we, get into it. We can't talk uh, Cubs just yet. We probably and we'll, will be able to. We can get into we'll get into some of the other baseball uh, interesting nuggets from the season and MVP and Cy Young races. Those are we those will have are stacked full of former Tigers this yes, year. So um, we'll have a lot to talk about with that next week. And so the uh, hockey season is underway uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, Wings going to underway on Thursday. I'm sure we'll talk more about that um, with Holland native Luke Witkowski and kind of in limbo right now as this podcast is being recorded. He may be in Detroit to start the season or he could be in Grand Rapids. Um, We'll see uh, next week what happens, but we'll sure to be talking about that and uh, some hockey and uh, the rest of the high school sports because playoffs start soon as well for yeah we're uh, getting there with soccer, soccer golf two weeks cross country they're all starting to tennis we're starting to get to that point so uh, kind of exciting times so. For Chris Adarazny, I'm Dan Diadana. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of... Uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.